AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk. Comedians or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Hi, I'm Giancarlo Esposito. And I'm here to introduce you to my new series, Parish. My character, Gray Parish, was a getaway driver. I'm retired from life. You know that. He's in a world over his head. Tell me about this driver job. And he's asked to start to figure things out. I did what you told me to. He will try to do what's right and seek justice. Parish, all new Sundays at 9 on AMC and stream on AMC+. What is up? That sounded weird. I don't know. How's it going? How's everybody doing? Me? Okay. You know, I'm in LA. It's like 85 degrees here. It's like May. Everyone's like, we're moving out of California. We're going to Texas. Where there's no state taxes. Which, dude, I get. I used to live in Nashville. No state taxes. Great. But 85 in January? Is that where my money's going? Is that where state taxes go in California? They go to the thermostat outside? Because totally worth it. I played golf yesterday with my brother and his buddy. And uh, his buddy was hitting out of the sand trap. Out of the bunker. And he hit me right in the titty. Well, right below the titty, but just in the ribs. And then they proceeded to beat us in the game that we were playing, and I owed him 20 bucks. So, effectively, I lost $20, and I got smacked in the titty. So, it's a lose-lose. A lot going on in the world right now, right? Nothing going on in politics, right? That's that's smooth. Cool? Yeah. What else? Oh, Bachelor news. Victoria. She seems like a spark plug, doesn't she? <laughs> Ooh. Also, Army Hammer. Gonna stay away from that story, cause what? Okay, should we just do it? All right, do it. This is the Wells Cast with Wells Adams, an iHeartRadio podcast. What's up, everybody? You're listening to the Wells Cast. Like I should change the name of the show. Just not creative whatsoever. Honestly, I didn't think it was gonna last this long. Once Steph kind of bailed out, I was like, all right, I give it like four weeks. Like a solid month. And then people are going to be like, I don't care about this anymore. But uh, that is not the case. So thanks for caring about it for this song. I'm excited about today's episode. I'll tell you that much. It's a little annoying to have people who are like under the age of 25 that have done a lot more than, I don't know, me in their career in a much shorter period of time. It's like, okay, we get it. Okay, pump the brakes. But to be honest with you, uh, that's more of an indictment on my laziness 
and less of one on their ambition, albeit an ambitious ambition. I'm kidding. This young lady has literally done it all. Starting a hit reality TV show, check. Competed on Dancing with the Stars, check. Wrote a New York Times bestseller, check. Preached in front of over 700,000 viewers on the new Faithful app, uh, check. Literally done everything. You know her from Duck Dynasty. Cannot wait to sit down and talk to the one, the only, Sadie Robertson. This is one episode, guys, you are not going to want to miss. Mom met a lot of your demands over the years. This Mother's Day, get her the Bartesian cocktail maker that makes premium cocktails on demand. In just 30 seconds, have your choice of over 60 premium or seasonal cocktails, all at the touch of a button. Get $50 off on the Bartesian cocktail maker now when you buy one pack of cocktail capsules. So, for all the times you made a mess, get mom the countertop cocktail system that makes premium cocktails without making any mess at all. For all the times you begged for soda, get her premium cocktail capsules made with real fruit juice and craft bitters. For all the times you demanded tacos for dinner, get her the Bartesian that mixes margaritas in just 30 seconds make mom's mother's day and all the 364 days that aren't mother's day with a bartesian cocktail maker at 50 dollars off visit b-a-r-t-e-s-i-a-n.com backslash mother now to get 50 dollars off the bartesian premium cocktail maker bartesian premium cocktails on demand this episode is brought to you by navy federal credit union at Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. <sighs> Celebrate the end of your workday with the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as another busy Wednesday flies by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. All right, back in the Wellscast, very excited to have the star of Duck Dynasty, Dancing with the Stars, and the new Faithful app, Sadie Robinson, on the show. How are you? Doing good. Thanks for asking. How are you? You know, I'm making it. It's day 7,827 of uh, the quarantine. I haven't changed sweats in over a month, but we're going to make it through. We're going to make it. We're going to make it. So you've got a lot going on right now. Yep, a little bit, a little bit. Things have been a little crazy, but all good things, all good things. Let's start with personal life. Congratulations, you're expecting. Yeah, thank you. We're so excited. I know, it's like time's going by really fast all of a sudden. Well, that's probably a good thing. You want these nine months to go by as quickly as humanly possible, I would assume. It is. I know you just start getting bigger and bigger and bigger and you're like, okay, yeah, it's okay. This just starts breezing by. But it's it's the best thing ever. It's honestly magical. Like I'm just starting to feel her start moving. And so it's really a fun, a fun part of, of life. So you said her, so you know what you're having. Yes, it's a girl. 
Um, she's definitely going to melt my husband's heart. So that's a sweet thing. Uh, we're, we were so excited. Did you have a crazy gender reveal party? We did. We did. We were those people. But it was so fun. We did um, paint guns and we did like pink paint, but we didn't know what it was, of course. Like we had one of our friends do it all. And so, you know, they started squirting the pink paint all over us and we were just like shocked. So we were covered in paint. It, it was a blast. I mean, obviously, you know, the the only thing that you care about is to have a healthy uh, child, but were you guys leaning one way or the other on what gender you wanted? We really weren't. We were totally like whatever God has for us. We're going to be so excited. We just want a healthy baby. Obviously. Um, I just had a feeling it was a boy though. <laughs> I didn't like necessarily care one way or the other. I just thought it was. So when they started shooting pink paint, I was like shook. It was so funny. Your poor husband's in for it because I feel like I, mean, I know, you know, like I'm sure, yes, you're right. Like uh, she'll she'll melt his heart in the beginning, but then she's going to give him a freaking ulcer come age 18. <laughs> Trust me, I know. And we have so it's me and then we have a little dog who is the most fruitful little girl dog. And then we're now we're having a girl and he's like, whoa, what just happened? Yeah. I'm so outnumbered. <laughs> Real quick, talk about the Instagram post where you paid homage to your parents. I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, we did. So my mom and dad took a picture of their 17 week old baby bump, you know, back in the day. And since then, my sister did, my brother and his wife did. And now we did at 17 weeks. And so uh, we posted it and everybody went crazy because it was just so cool to see, you know, back in the day and now. And we try to do a little vintage edit. But now my mom has all of our pictures framed at the house she got it for christmas so she was really excited you nailed the like wardrobe is that like the original clothes from your parents no i just found that online but <laughs> christian was like did not have any hawaiian shirts so he did borrow from my dad but um yeah we, we nailed it we nailed it tell me about the faithful app so faithful app is a new app out it's so cool, especially if you watch sermons online, uh, because basically it is taking the faith base to an app on a really high, cool level. So um, tons of speakers, pastors who are sharing motivational messages or sermons on the app, and you can actually go watch the sermons for free. Or you can get a subscription to get a whole lot more stuff. But it's so cool. So a lot of people say, you know, I want to spend time with God, but I, I don't have time or I don't know how. And this is like the perfect way to do it because it's through an app. It's fun. It's easy, but it's also effective and like truly a good time to spend with the Lord. So I have a uh, uh, personal uh, original content coming on the app as well, starting in February. Uh, and I'm loving it. It's so cool. I mean, it's a good idea, especially these days when a lot of people are scared to congregate in, you know, in large groups at church. You know, this is a, yep. a good way to still get your daily dose of God, I suppose, and, you know, not put yourself in danger. Yep. You know, I was looking at your Instagram and like, I think your most recent posts or, yeah, one of your most recent posts, you're up there like straight up doing like a sermon. When did you decide to start being this public orator that seems like that would be the most terrifying <laughs> thing in the world trust me it did actually terrify me that, that i would have never thought i would do what i'm doing now especially when i was young like i was the person that if like you know we're at school and i see that it's like a popcorn reading situation and i knew i was getting caught on i would be like having anxiety so i never thought i'd be doing this but actually um 
So, you know, my family had a TV show, Doug Dynasty, and then I was on Dance with the Stars. And so I kind of grew this level of fame, if you will. And I just didn't really know what to do with that. I was like, God, uh, this is this is cool, but it like I don't really know what to do with this. And I look at, you know, what other pe- famous people do. And I didn't know if that was necessarily what I was feeling called to do or what I really wanted to do. And so um, I actually ended up going to a church event kind of in this time of like praying through some things. And I saw this woman get up there and she just preached and like everything she said was so inspiring. And just the way she said it was so much confidence. And I remember looking at her and saying like, I think I'm going to do that because I want to say words that matter and I want to influence people for the better. And so I just kind of started sharing messages here and there. And now it's been about four years of just preaching at different, different places, different spaces, and just seeing pe- just younger people be encouraged and inspired um, to dive into God's word and all that God has for them. So I, I love what I get to do. And that was actually at the passion event, which Christian and I, my husband are a part of passion. And it's an event for 18 to 25 year olds. And this year was huge because it was online and we didn't know what was going to happen. You know, people were going to come or watch or whatever, but we had over 700,000 people attend online and to start the new year. So, you know, that's when I look at it and I say, God, now, now all this has purpose whenever we get to use it for the good. Um, and it's, it's really cool. Amazing. But also it's got to be extremely anxiety ridden. That's a lot of pressure to put on yourself day in and day out. <laughs> yeah, it is crazy. It is wild. I think, you know, I had to come to the point at one point in my life a few years ago when I was like, you know what, I think you have pressure when you try to be perfect or when you try to perform. And so I always try not to, I just try to be authentic and be who I am, where I'm at at all times. And, you know, what I've found is that that's actually a lot more relatable and inspiring to people. Because when you give somebody a perfect image, they're like, what do I do with this? This isn't real. This isn't me. And I think we do that a lot on social media, but when you give them your authenticity and who you are, people are like, oh, okay, that I can be, I can be friends with that. I I can get behind that. I can learn from that because it's relatable. So once I took the pressure off myself to try to perform or be perfect or be this unrealistic expectation of who I could be, uh, things got a lot less anxiety ridden. You've been in the spotlight in a lot of different avenues, right? Like starting out with Duck Dynasty and being on a reality show and then kind of doing this competition situation with Dancing with the Stars and now just getting in front of, well, I guess 700,000 people. What do you like best of all those media outlets? What have you had the most fun doing? Definitely sharing messages, uh, preaching or motivating people. I think just because, you know, there, there are things in life that you get to do that are that are a good thing for you and that you have fun with. But then there are other things in life you get to do for other people. And that's something that I see as a thing for other people. Like when you share a message and somebody comes up to you and says, I've been dealing with anxiety for four years, or I've been dealing with depression, or I, I've lost hope. But when you said that, it literally changed everything in my life. Like I started going back to church or I started waking up happy or I started this and you see this like actual shift in somebody's life because of something you spoke into them. And I know it's not me. I know it's God, but it's just an incredible thing to get to know that your words and your life has, has meaning. And I think everybody has the opportunity to do that, whether you have 700,000 people watching or seven people at home, Bible talks about how our words hold the power of life and death. So our words really matter. What we say is either going to build somebody up or it's going to tear somebody down. And so for me, there's nothing like 
what I get to do now, even though, of course, Dancing to the Stars was so cool and it was so fun. It was a blast. Um, but I was way more scared doing that than <laughs> what I'm doing now. Who won your season? Alfonso Ribeiro, okay. who is incredible. I love him. Totally deserved to win. I came in second and I told him from the beginning, I was like, I'm going to try to stay right behind you and I think I'll be good. And I did the whole way through. <laughs> so I was like, check. I don't think a guy that has his own dance named after him should be allowed to go on a show called Dancing with the Stars. I know. It, it was a little bit of an unfair advantage. Yeah. I, I think I won in my own heart just because I came in second to him who has a dance named after him. <laughs> but uh, it, it was really fun. Going back to like kind of being vulnerable and people really gravitating towards you being honest or just not being perfect, I know... A couple of years back, you kind of opened up about eating disorders and you're a religious person. Is that something you have to pray on before you're able to become really, really vulnerable with millions of people? Yeah, for sure. For sure. You know, one of my mentors told me one time to wait until your story becomes a testimony to share it with people. And what she meant by that is that, you know, you can share your story with anybody. Everybody has a story. You can get on and you can say, anything these days. And a lot of people do that. You know, I could get on and tell you all my life problems, but that doesn't really help me or it really doesn't help anybody else because now I'm just dumping a lot of my stuff that I really need to be talking to the people of my actual life about. But then there comes a point where you kind of reach a testimony where you've come through something and you have advice to give because you live through it and it's hard and it's real and it's messy and it's not something you feel proud to share, but at the same time you do because you know other people feel the same way and need to hear somebody say, hey, I was there, but I got through it and you can too. And so I think when you get to the point in your life where you've gone through something tough and you know this could be a value to share with somebody else to, to say that you're seen, you're known, and you're going to make it, um, I think it's a gift to the world to be vulnerable in that way. But I think sometimes we do share things too soon because we want comfort from online, which you really shouldn't try to find your comfort in people online because they don't know you and they don't see what your heart will, you know? And so I think that there's wisdom in waiting until it's time to share something that is really personal to you. I'm always interested to talk to famous religious people about social media because there are amazing things that come with social media. Allah, you had 700,000 people at that event you were talking about earlier and probably wouldn't have been able to touch that many lives without that big of a following. But the juxtaposition in that is that there is like a lot of just evil and hate and trolls that come with social media. How are you able to balance the two? Yeah. Well, the truth is, is it's a, it's a constant battle. You know, there are days where I'm so frustrated with social media and I'm like, Oh, it's so evil. It's so terrible. But then there are every day that I, that I know that there is also opportunity for good. And you have to know that social media is what we make it. So, you know, you look at that and you're like, well, that's what we've made it. Like we, the people who get to make our profile and choose what we post and choose who we follow have made it the way that it is. So there's a huge responsibility to make it better because it is up to us to make it better. And, you know, the Bible talks about Jesus calls us to be the light of the world, to be like a city on a hill whose light gives off like light to the whole world. And so I think about that in a place that is so dark, like 
that literally is our calling to be a light, to be a good example, to bring joy on a place that normally brings hate, to bring love on a place that brings, you know, hate and just trolls and all this stuff to bring peace to people in their day whenever people are ridden with anxiety. And we have an opportunity to post stuff like that. And so there is a balance. You know, I've been thinking about this lately. I'm just reading the Bible that, you know, I think a lot of people who become famous, you know, it's it's hard to stay um, in faith or maybe religion or close to God. I feel like a lot of people kind of fall. But when I've been reading that like, Jesus actually himself was famous, like he had crowds of people, he had people following him, he had people hating on him, he had all this stuff. And so when I don't know how to handle something like you really can turn to the Bible and see a perfect example of how to handle a troll, or how to handle hate or how to handle a massive crowd that you're like, do I ever actually get a load of time? Um, so yeah, and, but one of the things Jesus did is he isolated himself after he did huge miracles or after he had a huge moment or after he was with a crowd, he went and he was alone. So like, for instance, I just did that thing with 700,000 people and I don't have social media on my phone right now. I deleted it and I'll probably have it deleted for the next two weeks or so just because I need a, I need a break, you know? And I think sometimes it's good to kind of have that heart check of like, you know, I don't actually need to be looking at this right now. Um, and then take time for yourself to go on so that you can remain healthy and, you know, truly be that light in the place of darkness. If Jesus came back today. Do you think he'd have an Instagram account? Goodness, you know, Jesus, he, he shocks me. I think I think he would because here's the thing. He was always there. Like he was always there. He wasn't like, he wasn't weird. Like he was there. He was in the crowd. He was talking to people. He was like, hey, let's be light of the world. He was dropping bombs. Like think about the captions Jesus would have. <laughs> think about Moving the TikTok good. dances that he would have. <laughs> Um, well, I think this is a really cool thing, uh, uh, this Faithful app. You can grab it at the App Store or Google Play. It's just a really good idea, especially right now when a lot of people just can't go and congregate and praise Jesus and all that stuff. And I think it's really cool that someone like you is on this platform because, let's be honest, it's really hard for a lot of young people to listen to old white dudes preach at them. I have a hard time with it myself, and I'm much older than you are. And so I think it's really cool to see someone your age being able to touch, you know, this Gen X, which I think probably needs a lot of guidance right now, just because there's just a lot of weirdness in the world just in general. How old were you when you wrote your New York Times bestselling book? <laughs> Gosh, I, I was a sophomore in high school Jesus. when I was writing it. Because I remember I was really struggling with my English papers, but I was like, I'm writing a book. This <laughs> should count for something. <laughs> but yeah, I was a sophomore in high school. Uh, and then it came out towards the end of junior year, which was whenever I was on Dance with the Stars. So that was a really perfect timing. And um, I think that definitely contributed to just the amount of people that I got to read it and see it. So, yeah. Before we change gears over to kind of my portion of the show, is there anything that uh, you want to talk about that we didn't touch on or is you want to promote that we uh, that I didn't ask you about? I think you know it. Only thing is just I do have a podcast that is my most consistent thing that I do. You know, I do speak different places, but I have a podcast that goes out every Wednesday. Come, whoa, that's good. 
So if you need some good advice, you can catch it on the podcast. Is it just you or do you have a co-host with you? So it's just me and then I have somebody I interview each week. Love it. All right. Well, everyone go uh, subscribe, download that, and then also download the Faithful app. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, did anyone tell you what, what my show is about? Uh, not really, no. no. It's an origin story. I like to find out where people came from and how the hell they got here. So cool. get ready to tell your story. Quick break. We come back. Sadie Robinson right here on The Wellscast. Mom met a lot of your demands over the years. This Mother's Day, get her the Bartesian cocktail maker that makes premium cocktails on demand. In just 30 seconds, have your choice of over 60 premium or seasonal cocktails, all at the touch of a button. Get $50 off on the Bartesian cocktail maker now when you buy one pack of cocktail capsules. So, for all the times you made a mess, get mom the countertop cocktail system that makes premium cocktails without making any mess at all. For all the times you begged for soda, get her premium cocktail capsules made with real fruit juice and craft bitters. For all the times you demanded tacos for dinner, get her the Bartesian that mixes margaritas in just 30 seconds. Make mom's Mother's Day and all the 364 days that aren't Mother's Day with a Bartesian cocktail maker at $50 off. Visit B-A-R-T-E-S-I-A-N.com backslash mother now to get $50 off the Bartesian premium cocktail maker. Bartesian, premium cocktails on demand. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. Celebrate the end of your workday with the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as another busy Wednesday flies by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. All right, back on the Wells cast, Sadie Robinson, you know her from Duck Dynasty or Dancing with the Stars. She's got a new app out right now, or she's a part of a new app called the Faithful app. You can download it now at the Apple and uh, Play Store. Also has a podcast out that comes out every Wednesday called Whoa, That's Good. Thank you so much for being on my show. I do appreciate it. I mean, I'd be lying to say that I wasn't a huge fan of Duck Dynasty back in the day. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah. I mean, I missed the show. I want to go back to before the show happened. You know, this is an origin story. So where the hell are you from? So I'm from West Monroe, Louisiana. That's where I currently am right now, too. So full circle. Um, but yeah, from West Monroe, was raised here, uh, ended up moving at one point in my life and coming back. Where are you in uh, birth order? Okay, so this is confusing because there's six of us, mm -hmm. but some were adopted. So birth order, I'm second, but adopted order, I'm third. Okay. So I have an older sister who is adopted, oldest, and then my brother, John Luke, and then me. 
Then I have a younger brother who's adopted Will, then my sister Bella, and then another adopted brother, Rowdy. And everybody kind of came in at different times. And so our order is a little bit confusing, but we have a whole lot of fun in our family. What's the dynamic? What's your role in the family in terms of siblings? My siblings have always been really close. We all have like a good relationship separately, you know, individually with each other. But it is kind of funny because when our show started, my parents started traveling a lot. I definitely took on mom role to like my three little siblings. And so we joke that my little brother still sometimes says yes, ma'am to me because I would be like, brush your teeth. He's like, yes, ma'am. <laughs> it was so funny. And so now, you know, that we're having a baby, everyone's like, who's going to be the strict parent? And my little siblings are like, definitely her yeah. <laughs> because they experienced the mom sibling. How old were you when Duck Dynasty started? Yeah, so I was in eighth grade when we started filming our pilot and then about 14 going into my freshman year, whenever in high school, whenever Doug Dynasty started. Okay, so you're, yeah, you're super young before the show happens. Do you remember, I mean, like, what was life like before the show for the Robertson family? So I, for sure, like for me, growing up was very different than even how my little siblings grew up because it was definitely before the show, even though eighth grade, obviously, freshman year of high school was young. You know, your childhood memories are, I feel like, elementary, middle school, the whole thing. And so it was just fun. We lived out in uh, the country and we played a lot outside. My parents, we, we joke, you know, most kids go time out. My parents would be like, go outside, like go entertain yourself in the woods. So, so many fun memories of my brother like that. Um, we used to, so before Duck Dynasty, our business was Duck Commander. So my mom would have uh, us helping out with the business. So my brother and I would help build duck calls, answer the phone, help package things. So we had a lot of fun just doing stuff together as a fam. Do you like duck hunt? No, I am not a duck hunter. I've actually never been duck hunting with my family. I've actually only been duck hunting one time with a friend. And I'm just, that's just not my thing. Yeah, I come from a family that did a lot of hunting and I've done it a bunch. The problem with duck hunting is uh, it's very cold and you have to sit in like a steel box and just yeah. kind of freeze your butt off waiting for cold ducks to and come. early. Yeah, very early. Exactly. Okay. So you're like 13 and then I guess a production company comes up to your parents and says, Hey, we want to make a show about your family. How does it work? So what happened is uh, my dad kind of took over the business, uh, the Duck Commander business, which was my grandpa's business that he's had for like, I think it was 40 years since he started the business when our show started. So he had had his business for a long time because he invented the double reeded duck call, which actually sounds like a duck. So they have been making videos, selling it, stuff like that. When my dad took over the business, he decided you know, this could be a great, well, my mom kind of is the one that had the idea. This could be a great reality TV show because she said, your family is so weird and so entertaining that people would truly watch this. And it could be about y'all making the duck calls, the business, all the things. So my dad pitched it to the outdoor channel at first. So we got on the outdoor channel, which is typically just a hunting channel. Um, but our show is different because it had hunting and family. And so now all of a sudden, wives and kids are watching the outdoor channel and the ratings just skyrocketed so that kind of got the attention of other networks and um next we know uh, a and e made an offer for a show called duck dynasty 
And, you know, we took it and, you know, filmed the pilot, didn't know what was to come, didn't know, obviously, the success that it would have. Um, and we're pretty blown away by how many people loved it and watched it and how many families came together because of it. But uh, it was a wild ride. Was anyone in the family like, hey, us and guys, I don't want to do this? Yeah, kind of. I mean, my grandpa and some of the men were just like, what are we doing? Yeah. Like, a TV show. This is crazy. Um, and I remember, I can't remember if it was my grandpa or somebody said, like, this will never work. Yeah. And that's like his famous last words because, you know, for the next, like, however many years, my dad would be like, yeah, this will never work. Um, so it's pretty funny. Were you ever annoyed with how you were portrayed on the show? Sometimes, but you know, it's funny. We were pretty stubborn with how production might want us to do something. We would not do it. Like I remember um, first day we were filming and it was like the kids first time to film. And like my grandpa told us to go pick up sticks. And we said, yes, sir. We went pick up sticks. And the production, people were like, oh, wait, wait, y'all aren't supposed to actually do it. Like if he says pick up sticks, y'all should be like, oh, we don't want to pick up sticks. And we were like, are you kidding? We're not telling him no. Like, yeah. cause like you're raised to respect your grandparents. If they tell you something, you say, yes, sir. And so I remember they kept trying and like, every time we'd be like, yes, sir. Like we couldn't do it. Like we could not do it. And my mom just told us, she's like, don't do anything that isn't true to who you are. And so I'm glad she gave us that little tidbit of advice because you know, we, we, I feel like we would have regretted things a lot more had we not. Um, but we stayed pretty true to who we were. There were some things that I was like, that's goofy, or I just look like the typical teenager. And I'd be like, oh, that, that just, that's just silly. But um, for the most part, everything was true to who we were. What are your friends thinking? Because you're, you know, you're still in high school, right? When you're making this show, like, what are your friends thinking? Yeah. And how are you able to yeah. navigate that? So that was really hard, honestly. So I had some of my closest friends since pre-K. I went to a really small private school and we grew up together. And then all of a sudden, you know, my family is on a TV show and all of America is like knows who we are. And and it was weird because we're from a really, really small town. And um, I still was playing basketball. I'm still playing tennis, track, doing my normal things. But everything was different. You know, people were showing up to our basketball games just to take pictures and just, you know, the whole thing. But in LA, that might be normal, but in the real LA, Louisiana, that's not normal. So it was definitely hard to navigate with friends. And I feel like there was a lot of friendships, unfortunately, that were um, lost at the time. That was sad just because of life being different and people not really understanding or misunderstanding um, and that's a hard thing to feel like super misunderstood because you're like, no, like my life is changing, but I'm not changing. Um, but you know, it's cool because I feel like God is a redeemer. And since then, a lot of those friends that I lost at the time circled back and, um, kind of rekindled, but yeah, that was an interesting thing to navigate for sure. Would you do a reality show again? Yeah, I think I would. I would. It depends on what it was. Reality TV is a whole thing. I mean, it is a full on situation and I loved it and it was so fun. And for the gift of getting to be with my family so much and hanging out with like Uncle Sai and my grandparents who like I wouldn't like hang out with on a regular basis besides the show, like that was such a blessing. So if I did it with my family, I'd love to. I wouldn't want a show like about me because 
that's just not my personality. But if it was with my people, I'd love it. Sadie, I'm running out of time with you. But before I let you go, do you have time for some rapid fire questions? Let's do it. All right. Rapid fire questions with Sadie Robinson. Real quick. Favorite pizza topping? Oh, I'm going to go pineapple. What? Really? I love pineapple pizza. Oh, man, right out the gate. So controversial. I know. I felt like I had to say it. Favorite book? Oh, Irregular People. It's like from 1980-something. My great-grandma gave it to me. Who was your first kiss? Oh, jeez. <laughs> Please tell me I do not have to say this. <laughs> it was have... a terrible first kiss. <laughs> oh, that poor guy's like, damn it. What was, I know. What was the first concert you went to? Probably like Mercy Me. I'm not even kidding. Something like some church concert. <laughs> what was your first car? I, I did have... Uh, It feels so weird to say this. I had a BMW X3, a white one. It was very pretty. Then I traded it in for a Jeep because I felt like it fit my personality more. (laughs) What's your biggest pet peeve? Oh, smacking. Like when you're eating? Yeah, like when you're eating and like my husband can smack on like air. (laughs) Like I don't even know how he does it. It's just like it's actually a talent. (laughs) Who's the most famous person in your phone? Oh, God. I have no idea. I have no idea. I'll just say this for funny because he's like my dad's best friend, but Luke Bryan is like one of our people and he would not care that I would say his name. (laughs) What's the weirdest superstition that you have? I don't really have superstitions, but used to when I played basketball, I thought if I didn't wear my hair in two braids, then I would have a bad game. (laughs) (laughs) What's one thing that's always in your fridge? Avocados. What's a physical trait that you notice about someone you're attracted to? Well, I'll just say Christian. Christian's eyes. Do you believe in soulmates? Hmm. Yeah. How would you describe your high school self? (laughs) Insecure. (laughs) Who was or is your celebrity crush? Oh, I don't have a celebrity crush. I got to say my husband. He's famous. Lastly, who is your favorite family member? (laughs) Now that's controversial. (laughs) But for the sake of everybody probably agree with me, my great grandmother, who is a legend. Sadie Robinson, thanks so much for being on the Wells cast. You've been a delight. Everyone out there, uh, go download the Faithful app at the App Store and Google Play. Download or subscribe to Whoa, That's Good. Buy your book. Follow you where? Follow me on Instagram, legit Sadie Rob. And pretty much from there, I put everything else out. So go there. Sadie, thanks so much for being on the show. You're awesome. Yeah, thank you. Good to hang. Later. Well, she's just the sweetest thing in the world. Done a lot. Really young age. Jesus, made me feel kind of bad on myself. Ugh. I'm going to go write a book. All right, that's our show. Hope you enjoyed it. Yeah, I'm going to go watch some Duck Dynasty. Later. Subscribe to Wells Cast on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere you get your podcasts. It's the internet. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. I'm late. I'm late. 
Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist and authorized seller and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.